What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Ohioverse. As always, I'm your host, Nick, joined by Greg today. What's going on, guys? We're just going to talk about some various topics going from college football to the pros and then kind of finish off the episode talking about the upsetting final month the Reds had. So to start off the show, we're going to talk about Ohio State. And I just kind of wanted to get Greg's opinion on how impressed he has been with C.J. Stroud. Obviously, he took off the Akron game um, because of his shoulder. And then he's kind of come out strong as of late. I know the talent hasn't really been there that we've been playing, but how impressed have you been with his play? I don't want to say I'm unimpressed, but I'm not overly impressed, if any, if that makes sense. I'm, I'm comfortable, but I think that he's got a lot more work to do to become an elite quarterback in the in the college football thing and he's young and i think he's got a lot of potential i mean obviously that 52 to 13 win over Rutgers was great he completed 17 to 23 for 330 yards five touchdowns and he even ran for 13 yards you know uh his first three games of the season he was passing what 62 and a half uh percent and 983 yards eight touchdowns so Again, I'm not under-impressed. I'm not over-impressed. I, I think he's got, like I said, a lot of work to do, but he's he's getting there. And what happens in shapes with the, the next few games down the road. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you that I think he does have still a lot to prove and a lot of growth going forward. But I, I do uh, think that a turning point for him was in the Maryland game. I was able to attend it. And watching them on their first drive, so Maryland got to play that Got, got the ball first, and they drove down the field. Got a field goal. They mainly got in field goal range because of a roughing the passer penalty. Then Ohio State took the ball, and probably one of their longest drives they've had in a while, which was a 17-play drive. They ended up going down the field, and on a fourth and two there at the goal line, they ended up going for it instead of kicking a field goal. And CJ threw just a beautiful over-the-shoulder pass to Garrett Wilson. And I know Garrett Wilson probably helped him out a lot with the route that he ran. Um, but it, it was a, a very beautiful pass there, touch pass right over the shoulder. And I just think that that's kind of showing his his growth as of far this season. Um, I think that throughout the rest of the season, he's only going to continue to get better. And I feel like Ryan Day wouldn't have put him out there if he didn't believe he was the best passer in that room as of right now. I mean, of course, we haven't gotten really to see Quinn Ewers because he kind of just showed up. But as of that moment when he decided to make him the starter, he felt that he was the best passer because Rande does um, a really good passing crack. So I think he's starting to take the next step. Obviously, they were playing Maryland. I thought it might have been a little bit closer of a game at the beginning, but by the third quarter, it was like 56 to, to 10 or something like that. So it was, uh, it was not a close game. But kind of going off of their performance as a team as of late, do you think that their defense has kind of figured it out since they made the change? Um, coaching change, I should say, specifically? Or are you kind of in a wait-and-see kind of mode? Because obviously they still have some big big games coming up with Michigan State and Penn State and Michigan. Um, what's your opinion on that? I mean, I'm kind of still in a wait-and-see. Like I said, even the, their offense is starting to fire a little bit and they're starting to work out the kinks offensively, defensively. Been a little bit better ever since uh, Combs – um, was relieved of his duties, but he, he had a really actually nice thing to say that um, when he came out, I think it was yesterday or the day before, that uh, he's been really patient with the process that Ryan Day has had with him and that he looks forward to regaining his duties at some point in time. 
and uh, he just you know understands what what what's going on and what he needs to do to get better. And so I really like that. We'll see. They have a gauntlet of games coming up. I mean, it's probably the hardest I've seen in in a lot of years. And actually looking forward to seeing what this next you know second half of the season really shapes up to be. Yeah, I, I'm definitely in a more of a wait and see kind of mode. I think they definitely improved. I think they've gotten more comfortable. I think that the change needed to happen. A lot of people are saying that, you know, Combs didn't, he didn't want to change from that man defense and just, they have too many young guys who haven't, you know, played that high caliber of football yet. And they're just not good at man coverage. So they needed to go more to a zone and start integrating, you know, that, that man in as the years go on. But you know, they really only played Akron, Rutgers, and, and Maryland turned out to be a blowout. So it's not like they really played that crazy a talent. But I mean, you mentioned their schedule coming up. They got Indiana, Penn State, Nebraska, Purdue, Michigan State. And again, so, you know, Purdue might not be like a crazy hard game, but they, they always give us a tough out for some reason. Um, so it's just, it'll be a test. It'll be like the, you know, the Big Ten gauntlet kind of going forward. And then if they went out, they, they're probably looking at seeing Iowa in the Big Ten Championship. So, I don't know. It's, it's going to be a tough run for them, and, and that defense is going to be tested over time. So, we'll kind of have to see what, uh, what that comes up. But talking about their Big Ten schedule, do you think that they can make it through the schedule without a loss? Or do you think that there's a loss waiting in them somewhere? I think there's a loss or two waiting in there for oh. them. I just don't see it. Like I said, you know, we've both said the, the gauntlet word and that, that you're going to go to battle. And what is, like you said, the three of their final six opponents are ranked in the top 10 and AP poll, which is, you know, recently came out. And then, like you said, if they reach, if they reach the Big Ten championship, they've got Iowa, who's ranked number two. And that Iowa defense is outstanding. Yeah. They're phenomenal. And so, if Ohio State's offense can can muster up better than that amazing defense, grab your popcorn because this is going to be a good game. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think I think Indiana's not ranked, but that's going to be a tough out anyway because Indiana's not not like a scrub type team. And then they got to go, you know, play Penn State, and that's always a tough game. Especially, you know, I think they they only lost to Iowa by what a field goal, so it's not like. It's not like those two teams right there are far off from each other. I think Penn State has its own quarterback issues that they got to figure out, um, but it is what it is. And then you play Nebraska and Purdue. Those are two games that that should be wins, but you know, like I said, those are teams that it's not like we're we're talking about teams that that can't beat us. And then they finish off the season with two top ten teams in Michigan State and then Michigan. Now I don't think Michigan's going to be as hard as a game as everybody thinks it is, unless they make a quarterback change. But their defense has always looked pretty stout throughout the years. So I, I don't think that they lose. I think that they went out. I think that they're going to have a few close games. I think Penn State's going to be a touchdown or less win. I think um, Michigan State will be like a touchdown win, and Michigan will be a touchdown win. But I don't, I don't see them losing. I just think that they're going to continue to get better. And, and I'm kind of – after watching CJ in person, I'm a little bit more, a little bit more impressed – with it than maybe just seeing it on TV because it's just a little bit different and, and seeing him be able to, you know, make some throws that he's been missing. And I think getting healthy helped him out a lot. So let's just play 
you know, fantasy here, and let's say they do win out the Big Ten and they win the Big Ten championship, what are their, you know, what are their chances of making the playoffs? Do you think that, do you think that there's just that, that loss to Oregon is too much? Or do you think, you know, there is a chance to kind of find themselves in the top? I mean, they're what ranked six right now. Um, mm-hmm. There's a potential for Cincinnati loss. There's a potential if we do win out and beat Iowa, that marks it down. You know, Alabama is a five and one team right now as well. It's plausible if they went out that they can get into that. Uh, but like I said, with the Iowa defense the way it is, and honestly, I think their second loss, possibly another other than Oregon, so the third loss total, could come from a, a healthy Penn State. Uh, Sean Clifford is a really good quarterback right now. If he's healthy, they can they can do some damage. So I, I, I don't know. If, if we're playing fantasy – I just don't – some others have to lose out for them to get in. Yeah, it's it's going to be tough. I I mean, I, I think the only thing that's going to help them is if Georgia beats Alabama in their championship game. If Alabama ends up beating Georgia, then those two are pretty much locks for the playoffs, I think. Um, but I, I, I'm still confused on why Alabama's fifth after losing to Texas A&M, who I, I don't even think they were ranked last week. No, no not uh, at all. So it, it is kind of – I think it's a little bit of like a – we've seen what you've done in the past kind of thing for Alabama right now. And they gave them a little bit more credit than I think that they deserve, but they are fifth right now. I think it'll help if Georgia beats them, kind of knocks them out of contention there. And then, and then really all you're looking at is Oklahoma, Cincinnati, Iowa, and Georgia. And if they beat Iowa in the big 10 championship, then you're looking at two one loss teams from the big 10. You're looking at maybe an undefeated Cincinnati. You're looking at an undefeated Georgia and then an undefeated Oklahoma. And I don't know, it might be hard. I mean, you, you might they, they might be able to sneak into that four spot, but who knows? It'll be interesting. It definitely it definitely will be interesting how it shakes out. Like, if, if, if it goes how the way that you think it's going to go, maybe they get another loss or two, I don't think that they'll make it, obviously. But, and you know, they probably won't even make the Big Ten championship. But it'll be interesting. I think that there's still a pathway for them. I think, but like I said, if Alabama beats Georgia – then they're done because Oklahoma will take a spot. And then if Cincinnati is still undefeated at the time, they'll take a spot. I mean, the worst thing for the Big Ten, honestly, would be Ohio State beating Iowa in the Big Ten championship game because then you don't have a Big Ten um, team in the championship. Yeah, but that Oklahoma win was – that was a – I don't say it was a dirty win, but it was just a sloppy game all around on all aspects. Yeah. And Oklahoma was trailing a good chunk of that game and came back in the end sloppy – from all standpoints, offensively and defensively on both sides of the ball. So uh, I don't know if that's going to come into account when it comes down to that getting on there. I mean, obviously the AP polls put them at four, but it's still, I didn't enjoy that game per se in that category of how it was just a sloppy game. It was Texas though. I mean, and Texas was ranked pretty high at the time. I'm not like super high on Texas, but that game is always going to be a shootout just because of the rivalry and everything. You know what I mean? That's, that's kind of the way that Ohio State and Michigan, you know, has been, or at least should be. It shouldn't be a blowout either way. It should be a close game because those guys are literally going to beat up on each other as well. Is it they're they're they bought into the rivalry? Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, to stay in college football, we are looking at Cincinnati. Obviously, they are sitting at number three right now, and I don't want to make Cincinnati fans upset, but I kind of just wanted to 
get Greg's opinion and of course my opinion on whether or not we really think that they're the the third best team. I mean, from a statistic standpoint, uh, obviously they are. That win over Notre Dame was was a calendar win, and I think that that's going to go down um, in history. Uh, funny side note is that there are a lot of Notre Dame fans that live in the Cincinnati area. I think Luke Fickle was saying that he didn't know all these fans that were leaving Cincinnati to go up and, and see the game. Were, were they coming for Cincinnati? Or were they coming for Notre Dame? Because there was so many of them. So um, <laughs> this is the highest rank they've ever had in program history. They were ranked fourth before in like 2009, if I'm not mistaken. So, and they went 12 and 0 that year, but that was under Brian Kelly. <sighs> You know, I, I think that this is a different team. I think this is a better team than that 2009 team. So I'm going to say, yeah. And I, I'd like to see, like we've talked in previous games, I think Luke Fickle is coming into being one of the elite coaches and a high caliber recruiting coach. And I'm kind of on board. I'm, I'm, I'm on, I'm on the, the, the University of Cincinnati train right now. Go Bearcats. You know what? I I honestly made that disclaimer at the end only because you've been on like a uh, Ohio hate train recently. But you know what? I'm I'm very pleased with that. You know, because I, I I agree with you. I I think honestly, like I, I'm a huge Ohio State fan. I always will be. And but Cincinnati, I'm I'm super stoked. I'm super stoked for the university. I'm super stoked for the football team. I'm super stoked for Luke Fickle, and I think what he's done there is just. It's just phenomenal because I, I can remember when he took over for trust and when we were sitting there like, bro, this dude, this dude ruined everything and everybody was hating on him. And now he went down there in Cincinnati and he's turned that program thing that people want to go play for. And I, I don't know if they're the third most talented or best team in the country, but I do think that they deserve to be sitting in that third spot as of what they've done, you know, this year and, and what they did last year. I think they deserve to sit in that spot. I think push comes to sub if they had to play some of the other teams in the top 10. I don't know if they would come out with a win on with many of them, but I think they'd give them a good fight. So um, I just, I don't know. I, I hope going forward that Luke Fickle stays there for a long time. I hope that he continues to build the program and I hope they can get out of that conference and get into another conference where they can play some some better teams and kind of be a little bit more respected going forward. Cause I think a lot of people look at them and they're like, they don't really respect them for what they can. I think give them a couple more years that we starting to be respected. And I think the AP people definitely shows that, you know, mm-hmm. ranked three of those. A lot of people are like, Oh, Hey, look, this is the highest Cincinnati's ever been as much as I'm loving on Luke fickle. I got to give a little bit of credit to fifth year senior Desmond Ritter Ritter. Mm-hmm. Um, that game against Temple, he threw for 259 yards, three touchdowns, was 22 for 30. Actually, I, I was surprised when I was kind of looking this up that that game, he actually reached two different career milestones, 8,000 passing yards. So he finished the game with 8,209 total passing yards and 10,138 yards of total loss for his career. And that's wow. friggin' impressive. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a team that is experienced. They have a lot of talent. And like I said, I think anybody in the top 10 as of right now, they, they could give them a run for their money and, you know, any given, any given game, 
any team could win. And it'll be super exciting to see if they can make the playoffs. I'm kind of almost itching for maybe a Ohio State Cincinnati playoff game. I think that would be that would be huge. That would be fun. I don't <laughs> I don't know. It would be interesting. So we'll have to see going forward. Continue to watch those guys. Those that is a team to watch and see how they play and and uh, and just see how they handle the pressure of of being a team that should win. You know what I mean? A lot of times it's it's easy to to be like, oh, they don't think I'm going to win and I'm going to go out there and win. But it's hard to be the be the chased. <laughs> so we'll see how they kind of respond to that. But moving on to the NFL, I, you know, <laughs> as I mentioned earlier, Greg's been kind of on the, you know, I am not impressed with <laughs> Ohio sports this year. Um, so <laughs> I kind of wanted to see what he thought about this like narrow loss to the Packers that the Bengals had. I mean, I think that the Packers really didn't help themselves out because, you know, Crosby had every opportunity to put that game away on multiple occasions, but they, the Bengals came like this close to winning that game. I know that young, their young kicker there. I just think that he felt the pressure and and hopefully going forward, he learns from that and grows. But what did you think about this loss? Does this change your view of the Bengals? Do you think that maybe they're better than what we thought, or are you kind of in the same boat? And then how did you feel about the game? The best football team in Cincinnati is the University of Cincinnati Bearcats. <laughs> so <disrespectful. laughs> Cincinnati is just hot garbage. And unfortunately, their record kind of reflects that, but not totally. I think that they've had garbage wins. And I think that they just ran into a Green Bay team that was just kind of um, not you know, Crosby, five missed field goals should have won the game five different times, and it would have been just what it was. Um, no, I'm still not in any belief that the Cincinnati Bengals are a quality team. They've had the, their three wins are, are garbage wins, and I'm just I'm not for it. Um, and I, I a lot of it has to do with coaching, and some of it has to do with players failing to execute their jobs you know they want to see joe burrow take control of the game he's doing the best he can but but some of the play calling you know opting to run the ball with um what is it sam j paneer paneer how do you say that i think you're i think you're right on with that um on three and five and he just gained three yards which set up that what missed 57 yard field goal so just horrible execution like it's just i'm just not i'm not i'm okay yeah i I agree that they haven't really had like the greatest wins i I think sitting at three and two that is a little bit it it makes them seem better than what they are at this point i think if they were sitting at four and one because they had won that game against the packers i i think again we would be sitting there being like that was kind of a a weird win but i i do want to give burrow all the credit i think that they're sitting at three and two right now because of him not because of anybody else. You know, I think I think Jamar Chase has a big role to play. I think that defense is is kind of making stops when they need to, but they're still, you know, average. That offensive line is not good. You know, Burrow's like getting killed back there every single game. But the only real reason that they are in games right now is because he is somehow willing them to score points and, and stay in games. And that, that was one of my, you know, things to look out for um, in the last two-minute drill last week was, you know, watching him in this game and and seeing him stay consistently good. And I just think that as we go through the season, 
<laughs> I just, I hope that they can keep him upright and healthy because I, I think he has a lot of, you know, somebody said he has a lot of that, you know, Carson wins Andrew Luck mentality that he's going to do whatever it takes to get yardage and win. And I just don't know if that's conducive really for, you know, a quarterback to have a long successful career. I mean, we've kind of seen Carson Wentz battle injuries and Andrew Luck retired after what, six years, seven years in the league. Um, so I, I just, I don't know. They, they got to keep him healthy. They got to teach him how to slide. And I just think that he's the only person keeping them afloat. And if they lose him again, then they'll jump, kind of go back downhill. But I don't know. I think him and Jamar Chase are for real. I think that's a, a really good tandem going forward. I think that's a tandem that we'll kind of talk about in 10 years as one of the better wide receiver quarterback duos of all time. And as long as, long as they both can stay healthy. He just got to stop throwing interceptions. I mean, he could have won that game when he was trying to target Boyd and was it Devondre Campbell picked him off to get great field position. You know, like it's just, it's just, it's young quarterback mistakes. And if he's still in the league five years from now, we could see a potentially different Joe Burrow and, 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 you know, maybe the emergence of a superstar, not there yet as is the people of Cincinnati might be. No, and I agree. I don't, I don't think that team is great. I, I don't think that they're going to get many more wins on the season. But like I said, I, I think the only reason they're sitting where they're at is, yeah, he, he does make a few young quarterback mistakes, I think, that he needs to clean up. But he's really just the only thing. <laughs> but to keep it rolling, I did want to kind of, you know, obviously the Browns and the Bengals are in the same division. We cover Ohio sports here. So I wanted to kind of go over what we thought, you know, who's going to win that division at this point. The, the AFC North is a little bit tighter than I think we thought it might have been. And, you know, you got the, the Browns and the Bengals both uh, three and two, the Steelers at two and three, and now the Ravens at four and one after, you know, their crazy win this past week. They seem to keep uh, squeaking ones out, and the mark kind of seems to continue to be clutch in big moments. So – you know, if you had to put money down on who's going to win this division going forward, you know, who do you think it's going to be? Because I think at the beginning of the season, a lot of people had their money on the Browns, but I don't, I don't know anymore. I think the AFC North has a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde situation going on with their quarterback. You don't know what quarterback you're going to get game to game. Some days Lamar Jackson is lights out phenomenal. But we saw in that game on Monday night that he was just trashed the first half of the game, then blew up for 400 yards. You know, so same with Joe Burrow. You've got these flashes of excellence and these flashes of interceptions. You've got Baker Mayfield, who one game, you know, almost beats, you know, the, the Chiefs. And then you have the next game where you can't find a receiver to save his life. And then the same with... um Steelers with Roethlisberger game where it's just like people are calling for his retirement and that he's washed up in the worst thing, you know, ever happened to their, their team. But yeah, then he comes out the next week and is just amazing and, and finding everybody that they can. So I, I, I just, it's a toss up to me. I, I could not tell you. I think that in the end of it, it's going to be the Ravens because Lamar Jackson just has enough of that specialness that's where I'm at with that. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to hate on the Browns, but I just think that, like, when you look at this team, that the teams that this division is playing this year. I mean, obviously they got to play um, Kansas City and the Chargers, and then you know the the Browns are playing Arizona, and 
the Steelers just played, I think, Seattle. Or it was Seattle's this I think Seattle's this But they, they play Seattle. So, I mean, Seattle's kind of out with, without Russell Wilson now. So that's kind of helpful. But And then the Packers. And, and you're just – there's so many high-quality teams. And, and I think that at the end of the day that they're going to drop a lot of these games. Like, we've seen the Browns drop against the Chargers and against the Chiefs. And they just – Baker Mayfield couldn't – couldn't do more than Patrick Mahomes and he couldn't do more than, than Herbert. And I just don't know if they're going to be able to do that outside the division. And I think they're going to beat up on each other. You know what I mean? We saw the Bengals beat the Steelers. I think it could flip flop the next time around. I think, you know, the Browns are going to get a win against everybody. And then they're going to get a loss against everybody. You know what I mean? I just think that, like you said, it, it just depends on what you get from week to week. And I do think the Ravens come out on top. I think that the Ravens are going to lose the least amount of games out of all of them only because Lamar Jackson is really the only quarterback in that division at this point that I could see doing enough in a game to get a win over somebody else. You know, I, I would love to say that Roethlisberger could get it done, but he's kind of towards the end. He's battling that shoulder injury, playing through it every single week. I, I don't really know why, but I just don't know if he has enough in him to get them over the hump and win some of these games. And Joe Burrow's getting killed on every play. And Baker Mayfield really isn't an all-star quarterback. I mean, he does he does go out there and do whatever it takes to win, but he just doesn't have enough talent. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I think what we kind of see with the division right now over the next six weeks, it's not going to be what it looks like now. And I don't know. Like, I agree with you. The Ravens are probably going to win. They're probably only going to sit on the season with maybe five losses. And I think maybe that might be the only team that comes out going to the playoffs because the Browns really haven't impressed me. Like everybody said they should. Everybody's calling for the Browns to be, they've not shown that at all. No. And, and like I said, I, I've been really high on Baker Mayfield in the past. And when he, when they drafted him, I was like, that's, that's a guy like if I, I going back and looking at it, you know, if you were to draft today, I don't think they would have drafted him number one, obviously, but I think that at the time when you looked at it, they wanted a guy who was going to come in here and do whatever it took to win games and galvanize those guys to win games. And he's done that. But I just don't know if he's talented enough to get them over the hump when you look at the other people he was drafted with. So we'll just have to kind of see going forward. And to finish it off, we're going to talk about the Reds. And as we know, Greg runs our On Deck podcast, which is our baseball specific podcast there we are in the playoffs so kind of look forward to that episode coming out this monday as i'm sure they will have amazing content on that but i wanted to get his opinion on the reds and like what just what happened because like it seemed like they pretty much had that wild card spot locked down and then all of a sudden they just malfunctioned so you know as as the baseball guy in the group what what happened to the reds man I think it just got down to the end of a long season. You know, what I'm saying with a lot of these teams is it was the COVID hiccup that there were a lot of teams that, you know, with that shortened season last year and just out of the rhythms that a lot of people had due to this pandemic, that a lot of teams weren't able to kind of bounce back fully. And I think that the Reds are good and they're getting better. I mean, Bell said that a couple times. Um, I just think that towards the end of the season, they were just playing some some slightly better teams, and it just it didn't shape up for them. You know, 162 games in a in a season is is a lot. 
Um, it was their best regular season outcome in what eight years, I think. So Cincinnati fans will know this that they're, they're kind of used to this. This is the expectation they have that they're they're good enough, but not quite there. And I'd say don't come out. You got another year, maybe two, and I think the Reds are going to some some highly contending team forward and look look to them to take that wild card spot home. Okay. I know, like, when I was uh, looking up some things over this past week, I, I read somewhere that they, you know, some guys might be testing free agent waters, and they just don't have really a lot of money to, you know, keep guys or sign other guys. So do you think they have the guys in their, you know, farm system that could come up and help substitute that loss? Or, or do you think maybe saying that they're not going to spend any money is kind of old news, and, and they're willing to kind of spend that money now to continue to be I mean, the Reds have always shown that they they rely on homegrown talent. Um, they've never gone out and spent a boatload of money to get, you know, and they're a small market team. So it'd be really hard to get, you know, Joey Gallo or, or you know, some of these other guys to, to break away from the, the bigger market. So, um, you know, they, they were close. But we saw that even, you know, the Cardinals weren't able to capitalize on taking out that, um, wild card spot, and the Dodgers were just too high powered. I don't think if the even if the Reds because they had to have won ninety games, I think to get into the wild card, and I think they would have just been outdone by the Dodgers in that wild card game, anyways. Um, and we've seen that with with what they were able to do with the Cardinals, and then moving forward with this ALDS, you know, this come down to a five game stretch against the Giants, which I think the Giants will win out tonight topic on deck (laughs) well thank you so much now like i said i kind of just want to get your your opinion on that as the baseball guy there in the podcast so we're going to move on to our sports report here and i've kind of tweaked it a little bit i definitely think that we were kind of focusing a little bit more on our pro sports i wanted to add some more in there so let us know how you guys feel about that if you like me kind of going through all these different you know, teams and programs and kind of giving an update on them, or if you, you liked what it was before, but just continue to try to give us feedback and uh, let us know what you like. So for this week's sports rundown, as we were talking about before the Reds, you know, not much to report on. And kind of, like I said, I, I was reading a lot of stuff saying that they're, they're not really willing to spend money this off season. And, you know, like Greg said, they don't really, they're not known for spending money. They, they try to rely on that, that homegrown talent. So We'll kind of see what it looks like going forward and, you know, how many guys depart, how many guys are able to keep. We'll kind of sit on that. Moving on to the Cleveland Guardians. And that's kind of what we're going to go with the name going forward because that's what their name is now that the season is over. So for the Guardians, obviously their past season was not really that great. When looking at the stats, they hit uh, 238 on the season. I believe the season average was 244. But that was the lowest since 1977 when they hit 234. And I think that was a shortened season. Sorry, in 1972 when they hit 234. And that was a shortened season. So maybe look in the offseason for them to try to find help in the hitting department. Obviously, they're a lot like the, the uh, Reds where they kind of, you know, try to look for homegrown talent through their farm system. And they just don't really spend much money in free agency. So we'll kind of see how they curtail that. The... Moving on to the crew, they are back down to 10th after a loss to Philly, and it doesn't really look like they're going to make the playoffs this year. It looks like they only have seven games left, 
or sorry, it looks like they only have six games left. And I, I, if they win out, they might find a spot, but they've just been kind of spotty all season. So the only really good news coming from that area is that the home of the crew, we got to see the U.S. men's national team win against Costa Rica 2-1 to one there. So that was pretty fun. And it seems like they are going to be kind of maybe playing more games in Columbus. I think their next game is in Cincinnati. So, you know, Ohio is getting a lot of the love right now when it comes to the national team for the men's. Then with the Blue Jackets, the Blue Jackets opening their season off tonight as we record this episode. I'm sure a lot of you were probably watching the game and they just destroyed the Coyotes eight to two. So let's hope they can keep that rolling. You know, they, they play the uh, newly formed Kraken on the uh, Saturday, the 16th, this Saturday. So looking for that game, that should be another fun game. You know, I know we kind of expected this team, you know, to kind of have its highs and lows and there wasn't really big expectations for them, but there's just been a different feeling and a different energy that's coming from them. And I'm super excited to kind of see what they look like going. Moving on to the Browns, obviously talked about them. They're three and two, third in the AFC North there. They play the Arizona Cardinals this Saturday at 4.05. The Bengals, they're sitting at three and two, second in the AFC North. And they play Detroit on Sunday at one. When you look at the Cavs, they did not have a great preseason. They kind of got blown out a little bit, but they are young. They are still growing. They do open the season against the Grizzlies on the road on the 20th, and then their first home game is on the 22nd against the Hornets. You look at the Cleveland Monsters, they do open their season uh, tomorrow, the 15th and the 16th against the Crunch, so they are at home. So if you guys are big Monsters fans, go ahead and watch them. That is our uh, you know, farm team for the Blue Jackets there. The Clippers, not much to report on because they're kind of done for the season, but they did kind of have a little bit of a slip there towards the end of the season only because of injury. The Guardians, they kind of had to pull a lot of people up, but Cleveland usually stacks them with their best prospects, and they're usually pretty good season. So moving on to Ohio State, um, obviously C.J. Stroud has looked pretty good, but they haven't played the best talent. So look for them this bye week to continue to get better and play Indiana on the 23rd. Cincinnati looks to stay hot against UCF on the 16th. So let's kind of see if they can um, stay hot and not crumble under the pressure of being should win team. And then kind of moving on to some other, you know, D1 athletics within our states, you know, Ohio University, when you, you kind of look at all these programs that are in the, uh, I think it's the, the Mac there, they are not having a great season <laughs> for football. So Ohio University is one and five. You got, you know, Bowling Green at two and four, Kent State at three and three, Toledo at three and three. Uh, Miami of Ohio at two and four and Akron at two and four. So they're just kind of beating up on each other. Um, OU plays Buffalo next on Saturday. BG plays Northern Illinois. Kent State plays Western Michigan. Toledo plays Central Michigan. Miami of Ohio and Akron play each other. And then Dayton, um, they play Maurice. I think that's how you pronounce it, but they're also three and two in the season. So they're not really doing great. I don't think that they're in um, like our conventional D1 programming there. They are for basketball, but not for football. So if you're interested in watching some Dayton football, they do play today as well. So to move into our final segment, it is going to be the double take segment. Obviously, every single week, we uh, just name something that we think is going to happen in the sporting world. And then one crazy thing or fun thing that you know we heard about, saw, or happened to us over this past week. So I will let Greg start it off with the one thing they think will happen in this. So as we've gone through this before, everything I've said, said tends to be counterproductive, but it's with a purpose. So because I'm generally wrong in these predictions, but it works out in my favor in the end. 
So I'm going to say that the Boston Red Sox, which are my team, which I love them dearly, are going to lose to the Houston Astros and not go to the World Series. Okay. Well, I, I hope they beat the Astros. <laughs> I don't want the Astros to go. <laughs> I do too. I hate the Astros with a passion. I don't I don't want like I don't want Boston to win either, but like the World Series, but I, I would rather them get the Astros. I almost swear about that. Sorry. Uh, um, for to have a Giants Red Sox World Series to me is just that would, that be, would, be, that would be fun. That would be that, I just don't think Atlanta has enough in the tank to to finish off the Giants and and I think that I think that Houston's got some uh, injury issues, um, and so it's real plausible that the Boston can squeak out. I think it's going to come down to a seven-game series, but I think Boston's. But my prediction, since I'm always wrong, is going to be that they lose. Does that make sense? That makes sense. That makes sense. I almost kind of want to make my prediction that's going to be right. <laughs> that would be rude. <laughs> um, well. I think my prediction is I'm going to kind of, you know, continue to roll on that uh, Cincinnati University football train. And I think they just, I think it looks, and I think that they continue to impress. And I'm hoping so. I'm hoping they believe so that we don't have to have a conversation next time about like happens. I think that they'll blow them out. I think it'll, but to finish it off, what is a, what is one crazy or fun thing that you saw, heard about, or happened to you over the past week? Well, Nick, I need to borrow some money. So I, um, so I need to borrow seven thousand seven. I'm sorry, seven hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars to be exact. You said seven hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. Yeah, yes, because I'd like to buy a city. I'd like to buy a town for myself. Okay. There's a there's a town for sale in Tennessee called Water Valley. It's in Maury County, and for seven hundred twenty-five thousand dollars, you can get this town, which consists of four general stores and a barn. So. I want to buy a town. So I'll take a check or Venmo or whatever you have that's available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me, uh, I, I got that in the the old uh, savings account from when I graduated college and had my uh, graduation party. So. Copy. Yeah. All right. Thanks. It helps when you invite the whole town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that's pretty cool. Honestly, like, I don't think a town is, is a great investment with money. Um, if, if none of you really know about that maybe uh look up johnny depp and and how much debt he went in when he uh, spent 75 million dollars on some town in another country um and then he just continued to lose money so but for under a million dollars that's not bad i mean if you had like 20 million dollars you wanted to blow like screw it spend like that 700 some thousand dollars by the town and then maybe spend like another five million dollars adding stuff to it and draw people in and I don't know. I mean, that would be, I mean, it's a lot of land. I mean, the worst comes to worst. You could just start selling it off. I don't even know. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure what the exact breakdown of acreage is, you know, to the money, but it, it's like you said, for under a million dollars, it sounds like per acre, it's a good deal. Yeah. That's, that's definitely interesting. I don't know. That'd be cool. You could play like a little uh, city builder in real life. That's pretty fun. You always have fun ones. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mine is, uh, like I said earlier, you know, I got to go to Ohio State game. I know that's not something that sounds like crazy, but it's really like the biggest sporting event outside of the the crew game that I went to a couple months ago. But to be in that stadium with almost 100,000 people was just was just crazy. It it was a whole different experience. I, I think that we've been kind of cooped up and locked up for so long and being able to 
go out and experience an Ohio State game in person and, you know, have fun and watch those guys go out there and just obliterate Maryland. It, it was fun. You know, I got a little bit sunburnt, but it was fun. I, I enjoyed it. I think that as we go forward, like those kinds of things are just going to seem, you know, even more precious just because of, of what we've kind of gone through over the past couple of years, not to get all, all deep or anything, but it was super fun. You know what I mean? Obviously you guys are feeling safe enough to go out and do those kinds of things. Go ahead and do that. Cause those, that, that is a, a fun memory that, that you'll have for a long time and, and just being in that stadium and, and just doing the, you know, the, Oh, H I, Oh, just around the whole stadium is, is just a, a super fun thing. I don't, I don't know if you've ever gotten to do that, Greg, but that is just, it's, it's so fun. It's electric. It makes me happy. every. Yeah. I've gone to three uh, games the horseshoe i think cincinnati i went to a penn state game and then when they played uh usc and sanchez was cubian for that so that was fun oh well yeah yeah it's just it's just electric it's in even against a maryland game having almost a hundred thousand people in there is was crazy so but again thank you guys so much for uh continuing to support us and you know i know we say at the end of all these shows to give us feedback and to let us know how you guys feel that the shows are going, but like, we're, we're being serious. Give us feedback. Let us know. We don't care if you think you're going to hurt our feelings. Just let us know because we want to get better. We want to do more. And, you know, it, we can only do that if you, you know, let us know what we're doing wrong or, or we're doing right. So, you know, jump on there, comment on one of our posts, comment on one of the episodes, tell us how much we suck. Tell us how good we are. We don't care. We're here for it all. But again, thank you so much. This was a great episode. And thank you to Greg. And as always, this was Ohioverse presented by Deep Dive Sports. Until next time. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening. If you would like to hear more, feel free to listen to past episodes and look for new ones every Friday. And don't forget to follow us at deep.dive.sport on Twitter instagram and facebook for any update and please let us know what you would like us to take a deep dive into next as always we are deep dive sports until next time